What's going on? It's another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Podcast Network. On this episode, I brought back Hayden and Ian, and we talked about some of the Bobby Wagner news of signing with the Rams, uh, the rule change and overtime. What else we talk about here? Um, Kaepernick throwing up the Michigan spring game. Is he going to get another job? Uh, Bruce Arians going to the front office. Is, did he really get... Did he really resign or did he just get forced out of the head coaching position? Uh, we talk about that. Then the NHL, Keith Yandel got scratched and in his Ironman streak of 989 games with 14 games remaining. He could have played a thousand straight games. We talk about that in depth. Um, can Huberto win the heart? Uh, Zegris, he talked about the Beagle, Troy Terry, Zegris situation um, that happened at the Coyotes-Ducks game. And then we talked about the Masters. Tiger's back. And then we do a little Masters draft. We each draft five players. And we are going to – we have $5 on the line. Um, each person, I guess, winner takes home, profits 10. So it's a, it's a cool, fun episode. I really, guys, I really hope you guys enjoy it. And, yeah, here's, uh, here's Hayden and Ian. Enjoy the episode. It's episode 92 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's your host, Jevin LaFave, and I'm more than happy to be joined by recurring guest, the boys, Ian and Hayden. How's it going? How's it going, gentlemen? How are we doing tonight? Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Exhausted. Yo, Ian, that golden hour sun is dropping right on your face, and you're looking better than ever right now. I gotta Thank say, you. I definitely don't have a light right there, a lamp right there, <laughs> trying to help. But you know, it is what it is. Are you up? Are you in Burnaby or in Squamish? I'm in Burnaby right now, in the uh, in the Lower Mainland. In this, well, I guess it's all the 604, so I can't really <laughs> go area codes. But you know, seven seven eight, <laughs> two three six now as well. So. And don't forget about the 250. Isn't that just the island in the Okanagan? That's not a lower rain in that area. I, I see a bunch of companies now have 250 on their vans. <laughs> Good for them. Uh, 604 definitely sounds a lot better than any other one. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, if we're rating area code, BC area codes, you got it like tier wise it's 604 and then everybody else that's that's how the that's how the area code tier list goes in bc agreed seven seven eight might be like might be competing for a bronze but yeah it's definitely it's the finland like the you know finland (laughs) hockey wise of area codes is seven seven eight yeah it's always there you always got to worry about them but they never live up to their potential no no it, it they're good but not great is seven seven eight area code? Yeah, that's exactly it. Aiden, how's how's the grind, buddy? How we doing? It's good, man. Ian, have you noticed that Hayden's actually looking at the camera now? Yeah, I know he's finally taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so I already explained this shit last time. Okay, I'm not gonna 
fucking preach now this time. Hey, watch the language. It's a family <laughs> show here. It's a family it's show. Children oh, watch. <laughs> I'll watch my fucking language now. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking go, pussies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but Ian, how's uh, how's school treating you, kiddo? We're on the uh, tail. We're on the tail end of the semester now, so this is my finals week, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I'm basically all done my semester this week. Uh, I get uh, two weeks off, essentially a spring break, if you will. Uh, and then I got a spring class I got to do. So, do you have any, um, do you have any like practicum or anything? Or is that just no. mine? Oh. No, I think that's just you. Uh, if you didn't know, I do work for the Everett Silvertips uh, in the dub. So pretty much I've just been working with them Weird all year. Work, and, yeah. yeah, no, uh, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. But um, yeah, I got to go. We, we got playoffs coming soon. Dub playoffs. So, playoffs? You know. Playoffs? Well, talking about in playoffs? The- Play to win the game. <laughs> yeah, so basically that's kind of what I got going on. That's that's what my life's looking like right now. What uh, what class do you have finals for? Um, navigating media landscape is my last one. I think it's four hundred one. I don't know, um, but that's on Thursdays. So Thursday night. A nice little two week break can treat you nicely, hey. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it. you know, I call it spring break, but I got a lot of stuff going on uh, in my own world. But, you know, if you have any, you know, spring break destinations, you should just, you know, for a broke university student, DM me. I'd be interested to hear them. I probably won't be going to those places. But, you know, <laughs> if you know any cool spring break destinations, spring break hotspots, um, I'd be interested to hear them. Might rip a quick Google search, but... <laughs> You know, I hear New West is great <laughs> in the middle of April. I, I really hear uh, Columbia Street's popping. Mm. Yeah. Especially uh, in June. Mm-hmm. Hyde mm-hmm. Creek Trail here in Parker Quillen is pretty nice. Ooh, uh, ooh. The way the sun hits the trees, it's very nice. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice scenery. Um, yeah, or you know, fuck it, the Hyde Creek Pool, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Public. I, uh, they have a lazy river, so mm. yeah. if you really want some serenity, go down that. <laughs> you know, I, I think some people are even saying Burnaby Mountain. You know, if you want to go large, you got to go up to Burnaby Mountain. Oh, that's the IGA. That's for like first class. We don't really mess with that. Oh, you know? OK. That's... All right. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Guys. Yeah. The amount of gas you have to pay. It's just like it's it's above, you know. It's, it's that, it takes that it takes that much longer to get there than anywhere else. Like the actual the extra travel to get up to go on to Gallardi, like it's just not worth it. Yeah. And and the view doesn't fit my class of living, you know. I, I just don't fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, That's man. right. Hayden, how's the landscape grind? It's fucking grind, man. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. There's just uh, like last week was fucking rainy wet oh yeah and suffered the absolute worst uh but i got hand lotion so i'm revitalizing my hands and now they don't feel dry every like day so that's good good. yeah (laughs) starting to mow now oh yeah we started on well we were originally supposed to start on monday but kind of started on friday because we're just cool like that 
At least Caleb and I are. Didn't have a game. Exactly. And uh, then went down to the States on uh, Saturday. Oh, yeah. How was that? Where'd you go? Birch? Uh, I just went to go see my dad's new place out in Birch Bay. Oh, fire. Basically, like, you remember where we went when uh, we went down to watch the Seahawks game, and then we came back to my aunt's? Yeah. Yeah, they live in, like, the same area, so. And we got interrogated like we were, like, in the RV and we're the Millers. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) literally, fuck. Fucking Canadian policemen fucking open oh, up the uh yeah. open up my trunk and just start going through our shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, we're just trying to get back here. It's like two 20-year-olds. Bro, like who are you trying to impress here? 20? We were, I don't even think we were 20. Weren't we like 18 or 19? I can't remember. I just pulled that Something. number out of my butt. I, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know where I got it from, to be honest. <laughs> but uh boys, a lot has been happening in the sports world. And who better to bring on but you guys? Um, I you guys are actually like fifth or sixth or on like my totem pole, but like everyone said they couldn't make it. So um who oh, I'll just cut that out right now. Sorry, you guys didn't hear that. <laughs> don't drop names or anything either. I, I'm yeah, really don't... interested of who's on that list right now, Dev. Uh Duffy, Bob McKenzie, Darren Drager, <laughs> Pierre LeBron, Wayne Gretzky. They all just couldn't make it. So Surprised you didn't say anyone knowing football. And we're going to talk yeah. about football. I had to go to Ian and Hayden after, so. Yeah. Kind of sus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll start with NFL. But um, they uh, changed the overtime rules postseason. Uh, now both teams will get a possession. And isn't it they automatically win if they win by two? Or was that just a rumor mill? I well, the rule came out a bit ago, so I haven't talked about it yet. But uh, both teams get the ball in overtime in the postseason. So what are your boys' thoughts on that? And do you agree with the rule change? I, uh, I'll i go first, Ian. <laughs> 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 I personally, I, uh, I love this rule change uh, as a as someone who's been, like, watching the NFL for – a good amount of years now i've always thought it was kind of dumb in the playoffs where each team doesn't get a possession you know it's kind of like uh college rules you know but it but like not to that extent uh which is what i like about it so each team gets a possession and then let's say if it was like the chiefs and bills chiefs go down score kick an extra point and then the bills they go down score but they go for two and then they get it, then they win. I'm pretty sure uh, is how it goes. And then obviously, yeah, if both teams score, then they tie. Next score wins, then that's fine. I'm fine with that because it's like there's probably not going to be that second possession from a team because mm-hmm. one team is probably going to be like, fuck this. We can't stop them. We're going for two. Yeah. So I like it. I, yeah, I don't really have an issue with it. Kind of like you said, Hayden, I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen earlier. Um, and I'm sure there's just been enough backlash or, you know, unfavorable opinions over the years of the overtime rules that there's enough teams where, like, yeah, we should make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as a Seahawks fan, I think we've benefited from overtime more than, uh, you know, we haven't. Uh, although my favorite overtime probably, you know, has to be the, I don't know if you guys remember the 6-6 overtime that Seattle and Arizona played 
uh, how many years ago that was where both of the teams missed field goals at the end. Yeah, that was great times. Yeah, dude, that was that probably was... the most boring Sunday night football game ever. I ever like wanted to watch. Yeah, so I mean, that's not it, that still could possibly happen because you know they're not changing the uh, regular season overtime rules. But in terms of the playoffs, yeah, I think it's fair. Um, and I think there's also um, there, there's also there also should be a desire from the NFL to improve their product and make their product that more entertaining. And I think you will see that with the change in possession rules, because um, I think it would have like going back to that Chiefs build game. It would have been great to see Buffalo get the ball back. We all would have been watching Buffalo getting the ball back with Josh Allen. Like, it's not like we're going to turn it off after the Chiefs, you know, score. It's like, well, this game's over, even though Buffalo has the ball back. So I'm cool yeah. with it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm approving of it. I don't have any issues. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, one thing I do have a problem with is that everyone's saying that it's like, I hated seeing Buffalo complain about the rule. And the reason why is because they blew the lead with 13 seconds left. It's like, if you can't get a stop in 13 seconds, then you have no right to bitch and complain. In my opinion, you have 13 seconds and they drove 70 yards with like one timeout. Like, bro, you need to stop them. If you're an elite, if you want any chance to win the Super Bowl, you're going to have to make a stop with like 13 seconds left. Like, I'm sorry. And for you to complain about it, like, I, I think it's a dumb thing to do. It's like we we had to get the ball back. It's like, yeah, well, you're winning with like 13 seconds left. So you should have fucking won the game regardless. Right. That's what makes me mad. And when I think it should have been changed, first of all, I think it should have been um, like the rule of this whole time. But like when the Patriots beat the Chiefs, like I think the Chiefs should have got the ball back. Like I think it should have been changed like four years ago at least. So I like to see like Buffalo complain that like we deserve to get the ball back. It's like, you didn't deserve much after blowing that lead. Like, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I'm happy. They finally changed it at least in some sort of capacity with like, at least it's within the postseason. I can kind of get it for regular season. Cause it's like, okay, we need to get the fucking season going and like safety and all that. But like for playoffs, um, I think that's a good place to like uh, start at least. One of the funny things that I had seen um, Kansas city, when they had that game against new England, they tried to like, you know, bring it up at the league and like the, the competitive committee or whatever. And one of the teams who said no to it was Buffalo. So it's amazing the matter of an opinion changes after you know your team probably could have and should have won that game. Um, even though, yeah, your, your terrible coaching decision of not swib kicking it, wasting more time, leaving Kelsey one-on-one, and letting Tyreek Hill be Tyreek Hill it's a bit, it's a head scratcher and it's whole self, you know, and I'm sure Buffalo will learn from this, but uh, yeah, no, I definitely do think uh, the rule needed to be changed uh, the same way, the same way where 
Uh, New Orleans didn't get that call. Uh, and then, like, right after, boom, new rules set in for challenging pass interferences. Yeah, that's what it takes nowadays is, like, one team has to be the Go through an absolute heartbreak. Yeah, in order for a rule to be changed. It's just the way it is. It's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it's just – it sucks. But, yeah, one team has to really suffer – like a traumatic experience in order for something to like get fixed. But yeah, that, yeah, that buff, the, this one just like bends me the wrong way, the way like Buffalo's handled it. It's like, they think that they got everything ripped from them, but it's like, you guys had it in the bag, but you guys just choked. And then you couldn't, you couldn't get two stops. Yeah, no, definitely. That's on you. Like, but yeah, so that rule's changed. Um, Ian, I'll let you lead this one off. Uh, Bobby Wagner signs <laughs> with the Rams. Uh, five years, $50 million. And Bobby Wagner quoted uh, saying the cherry on top was playing Seahawks twice a year, which is why he signed with the Rams. That is, I'm getting my popcorn ready for Seahawks Demon Rams though. next year. And now there's rumors of DK or one of DK or Lockett to go. Packers are in the mix there. Oh, Ian, take it away, buddy. Take it away. Take however long you need to as well. I'm actually we can dedicate the rest of the podcast to this topic if you want. No, I actually want to like look at this. Like, I know you're all wanting me to do my Seahawks thing, but if you actually look at this from like a like a critical thinking standpoint from the LA Rams perspective. He's their best linebacker that they've had under Sean McVay. <laughs> yep. Like he's like their their best linebacker that they've had in years. Are you and, counting uh are you counting Von Miller even though he's an outside Yeah, I'm counting Von Miller. Yeah. Oh, Von, fuck. Okay. Yeah, like like Bobby Wag like he does not miss a tackle. That's very true. He does not miss a single tackle and will provide not that I'm sure the Rams need it. Ah, they kind of need it with some of like the you know the Whitworths of the you know team retiring and moving on and all this sort of stuff. But he's adding valuable leadership to the organization, which can't go understated. So, and he's from the LA area. Like the like the this signing checks off all the boxes that you want in a superstar player, um, a, a, a strong, uh, hardworking linebacker. It's a, and I mean, I know there's people who are going to say, you know, five years is a long time. I would rather have that deal than the Von Miller deal. 100%. I, I like, I don't like, I don't know why people, there are some people who are like, that's a bad deal for the Rams financially. And I didn't get that discourse, but I mean, to go to the Seahawks perspective on this, if you're going to cut, you know, cut bait with everybody, you know, just rip the bandaid off. Um, if you're going to, tr- you know, if you're going to get rid of everybody, you get rid of everybody. Like, you know, let Russ go. You let Bobby Wagner go. I don't know why you would let Metcalf and or Lockett go because you still have to, like, this is still the NFL. You still have to sell season tickets. You still have to sell club seats. Um, those are two guys that people are, going to be wanting to watch and are going to be interested in. So I don't know why you would move on from those guys. You're telling me you don't want to watch Drew Locke? (laughs) I mean, mean, you might be able to catch him spitting game on the sidelines. 
<laughs> if he if he can do a solid rendition of six foot seven foot, maybe he can be a, a, a starter in today's NFL. Maybe, but like I don't know. I I just this is like a a four or five win team at this point between the quarterback, um, the lack of defensive pieces, and you know. Bobby Wagner is probably worth like an extra game or, you know, an extra win or a win and a half. Yeah. Like that's still the value that he provides on the defensive end. And it's still an arms race at the top of the, not just the NF, NFC, but the NFL. Like it's still an arms race of adding talent wherever you can. And it's a very savvy move from uh, less, less need to GM and Sean McVay to go get that guy. Like I, I, I can't, I can't be mad at it. Like, I can't be mad at them for going to do that uh, yeah. from the Rams' perspective. Um, I'm a bit disappointed from the Seahawks' perspective on it, but I see where they're going with it. I understand why they did it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get why they did it. Um, I'm just surprised they didn't try, like, trading him. Like, at least get something for him. If they're just going to cut ties. Like, was he making that much that his contract was untradeable? Probably. Well, it, I mean, it's it is a one. I, I believe, if I'm correct, he had one year left, and he had. Um, I think he was making about fifteen, a little over fifteen million a year. Um, I, I like he he's taking, I think, a bit of a pay cut, but not that. You know, maybe making less than half of what he you know did, or not a little bit more. Yeah, he was making about fifteen. Now I think he's making about like ten or eleven. Um, yeah. which I guess for the Rams is a big deal because the Rams are obviously taking on a lot of cap and, you know, citing a lot of dudes. Um, Seattle, I guess with their, ex- you know, with the extra salary they're saving, they can round out some of their roster. They, um, they sign a few offensive line pieces, which is kind of ironic considering like now that Russ is gone, they're signing <laughs> offensive line. Um, you know, I think they, they know that Drew Locke is such a liabetic that it's like, hey, now we actually need pieces. Russell Wilson was kind of doing <laughs> stuff without some, but like Drew Locke might actually die. So <laughs> it's it, it's like it, it, we tra- we traded this guy, so now we have to make him look good. So let's go get like because we actually made the move to go get this guy. We actually have to you know bring in other assets to make this guy look good. It's real, you know galaxy brain shit from you know nfl gms they got some secondary pieces their defensive line's okay i i'm curious to see how they draft um but you know the the the, it's an a plus like the like the big thing about the bobby wagner signing it's an a plus deal for the rams which is like they just knocked it out of the park with that signing well like you gotta think as you're comparing to von miller like Bobby Wagner's five years fifty, and Von Miller's six year six years one twenty, and Von Miller plays a more physical position, and is older. So it's like the Bills handcuffed themselves like hard in terms of like like twenty million. Like Von Miller's gonna be thirty nine years old when this contract is done. Yeah, but we like, have to remember too. They they can definitely get out of it. After like four, three or four years, so yeah, I, I was gonna say, I think Rams it's... can also do that. The heavily front loaded, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's ba- 
what I've learned is that whatever guaranteed money you have, that's all the team needs to pay for you. Like if you go through three years and then all your guaranteed money's paid out, they can cut you for like minimal dead cap. Yeah. And it's fucked. Like that's, that's why the Taysom Hill contract, like everyone always looks at like the $95 million number over four years. For him to a reach that, he'd have to play better than the top four quarterbacks in the league. So without those incentives, it's like done, right? And then even for him to get ten million a year, he also has to put up certain amounts of numbers if he goes to tight end, which is like that. So it's just you never hear everything about the contracts, and that's what I hate when everyone's like, "Oh my god, like." They're fucking strapped down. No, they're not. NFL GMs are so much smarter than anyone who just says, oh, they're fucked. They're yeah, not fucked. Fair enough. And, it, and it's not even just the GM, too. Like, those, like, most smart NFL teams have, like, the whole front office, like, the capologists or whatever, and the yep. assistants, like, make sure that all of these things line up. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, and, and you know, even some, you know, less than smart teams like the Bengals can even somehow, you know, get all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's amazing. Drafting Jamar Chase. Idiots. Marge, yeah. They had a lineman to block Donald. He probably uh, could have got that <laughs> ball off. <or> so. <laughs> if they had a real cornerback instead of Eli Apple, they might have prevented <laughs> that touchdown at the end. That's kind of facts. Oh man. Anyway, anyway, that that's kind of my uh my rant on the Seahawks and Bobby Wagner. We get to Call talk that. about we get to talk about my team now. Patriots huge uh, trade. It's not a huge trade, but absolutely huge. Huge. <laughs> He's a Some tall call- guy, that's why it's huge. But uh, Some, are call- Some are calling a blockbuster. Yeah. That's what, and blockbuster isn't in business anymore. So that's uh <laughs> but uh Patriots get Devontae Parker and uh we get Parker in a fifth for a third if I'm not mistaken. Um I I like the trade. Great deal. I think it's a higher like low risk, potentially high reward. I mean, when he was on Miami and he was the main guy, he had some games where he like popped off. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. So I think if he can just not pull a like just not live on the IR for the entirety of every season he's on New England, I think he can do really well. Like be like a nine hundred to just break in a thousand yards, maybe like if all goes well. But I think he can be a good weapon for Mac. And yeah, I don't know. I'm happy with it. Like I said, it's a low risk move and we didn't give up a ton to get him. So just, you know, the Patriots doing their usual thing in free agency, like picking up the scraps, basically. Except for last year, they, like, went all in. But, like, they didn't sign anyone, like, astonishing last year, right? And not doing anything different this year. So, yeah, I don't like, I don't mind this trade. I think it can uh, pay uh, good dividends for Mac and the rest of the team, just providing a bit more depth and maybe uh, get another receiver in the draft, but we have a bad history of drafting receivers, so I just hope we actually like get it right <laughs> this time. But what do you boys think? 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> DK Metcalf on the board, and you go for Nikhil Harry. Oh, I, I actually here's the thing. I actually, and Debo and Debo is on the board too. Debo was on the board. I actually like the deal um, for New England and for Parker because it gets him out of that Miami offensive system, which I don't know if it's an awful system. It just seemed very much like a uh, clusterfuck. Like there just seemed to be a lot going on, and none of it was great. Um, in New England, it should be more established. It should be more um, set in stone, per se. You know, when you have guys like Josh McDaniels and Belichick, I, 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 I and you have, I don't know, you have a, a quarterback that you can trust in math. Um, it should lead to better results, one would think. Um, well, I, I, I think that'll be a helpful thing for Devontae to just – be in a better system, as a better offensive system to lead to more success. Well, especially Parker, now that Tyreek's in town, Jalen Waddle's going to take the next step, Cedric Wilson signed, Mike Kosicki's still there. Like, he's like the third or fourth option on that team, potentially fifth. So I think getting him in a – for his side, like being in a system where he's like the number one or two receiver, I think can – just like help his confidence and he's just going to get more reps. So I think it's good move. And then Miami just gets a higher pick and they don't have to like pay another receiver. Who's not going to get as many touches as uh, in the past. So Hayden, what about you? What do you think? Oh, I love the trade. It's uh, like you said, low risk, high reward. And now you look at the Patriots, you know, wide receiver room, you got, two possession guys with uh, Parker and Myers. And then you got Bourne who came on a little bit hot, you know, last little bit season. So he's the kind of the streaky guy. I don't really know. I haven't heard really much about Nelson Aguilar, but I feel like I feel like you got to cut ends with that one just because, you know, he's probably going to be like third or fourth, third or fourth option as well. You know, especially with Hunter Henry clearly being, the better of the two tight end signings. Yeah. Um, don't really know exactly what you do with Johnu. That's that's tough. I think we just didn't utilize him. Like he was good on Tennessee when he was being thrown to, and we just weren't using him at all. Like use yeah. him in the middle of the field. Like we just never threw to him. We ran a high school offense. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping we kind of run a bit more of a air raid. I when Mac threw the ball, I, I liked what I saw. Yeah, obviously there were some throws where it's like, okay, (laughs) but a lot of the times, like that game against Buffalo, it was some of the best throws I've seen. It's just that no one could catch, and then it was just an unbelievable pick in the end zone. So I think Mac, the more he gets comfortable actually airing the ball out, the better this offense can be, and I think John just needs to get more looks. Cause I feel like he was only being used as a blocking tight end, but like, he's so much more than that. So, yeah. He's so much more versatile than just yeah. a blocker. Yeah. So I think we just didn't utilize him. Like, I think it was a good signing. It's just like, obviously it's find a, ways to get him on like linebackers. Yeah. Obviously it's a bad signing. Cause like he didn't fucking do anything last year, but that's just because I think we just weren't using like Hunter Henry is a good red zone, but John is good. Like between the numbers and like yeah. between the twenties, I think John is a better tight end. 
So we'll see. I agree. Um, Kaepernick throws at the Michigan spring game. Do you think uh, he has any chance of getting signed? Seattle, maybe. Well, I know Michigan needs a quarterback. I think they're a quarterback. <laughs> no. Um, Does he still have eligibility? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think maybe a little bit old now. Um, How old is Kaepernick? He's 34, I'm pretty sure. Like He's, he's that old? Way. He's pretty old, guys. I don't think like, he's... It's been, it, it's been 30 10 years. It's been 10 years since he like was at his peak. Yeah, but I don't think he was 24 back in 2012. Might be like 31. Holy fuck, he's 34. Oh my god. Jesus. So, I was so, not right. expecting 34. So like when you, when people bring up listen, I'd like to see him get back into the NFL. I think it'd be a really good redemption story. Um and I, I mean, it's. I just think it's tough to bring in a 34-year-old who hasn't played much, if any, organized football for the last six years. Yeah. And and maybe he is good enough to be a backup. At which point, sure, why not? Just bring him in. What's the worst that What's the worst that could happen? Fair enough. Fair. That's crazy. I yeah. don't. I don't know if he, I like. And I, I don't know. It's weird. Like when I watch the like when I watch that highlight of him at Michigan, like the game speed does not seem there with him. Well, like it just feels he's been out for a while, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's like that's maybe you know among other reasons why he hasn't been re, you know signed by an NFL team. It's like that dude looks like he's like a half second a second off from like real game speed into in like the NFL, which yeah. maybe you can get adjusted to that. Um, at which case you need to probably be signed now to keep training and to like get into an NFL building to get yourself ready for like August when training camp comes along. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough situation. Like I, like I, I'm definitely on Kaepernick's side. Like I don't think he should have been treated the way he did and it's nothing against Kaepernick, but if I was an, NFL organization, I don't know if I would sign him just because like he's been out for a while. You can train all you want, but like nothing compares to NFL game speed, regardless of who you train with. Even if you throw with NFL wide receivers, it's just a matter of like you got no one chasing after you. And if you sign with Seattle, guess who you get to see a few times a year? Aaron Donald and you know, it's just you, like, you, you get to see the Rams defense. Yeah, Joey Bosa. See, no, uh, Nick, Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah. You it's get to like, see the San, the San Francisco defense, which is also legit. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, if you're Kaepernick, you sign with anyone who brings you in because it's like, that's what he wants to do. But it's just, I don't know if I would do it just because it's been so long. And maybe if you want a few more tickets for a PR stunt. Sign him to a year, see how he does. You never know, but I don't know if I would do it. I'd maybe do it to like he can mentor someone, but like that's I wouldn't like sign him hoping that like he adds depth to our QB room. If that makes any sense. I think it'd be a huge culture move. Like you would get a lot, a lot of minority supporters coming Mm -hmm. towards that team. I can I can already see it now where people are like 
they give him another chance. And that's why I'm saying Seattle, where it's like you don't really have a quarterback solution at the moment. You know, maybe you look for that in the draft, whatever. But, like, what if – what if he still kind of has that, like, oomph, you know, get get a good training camp in, get a good, like, preseason. And then, you know, he's – Throwing for the most, I just saw his stats. The most he ever threw for yards was like 3,900 yards. Not a lot. I th- honestly thought it would have been more, but it was just, he was so electrifying. Yeah. You know, it was just like, fun to watch. Like third and 12, and you're like, oh, they're then, okay, punt unit. And then he rushes for 25 yards. And it's like, well, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has I, like that clutch ability, it seems like. Well, I was going to say, like, I think the arm talent's still there. Like, I don't think that's gone away. Like, I still think he's got a good arm. And, like, you saw, like, the deep ball at Michigan. Like, the arm talent, I think, is still there. It's just a matter of getting into 2022 NFL game speed and finding that right opportunity. Like, I think if he went to Seattle, I think Pete Carroll would give him, like, you know, the right opportunity and try and give him all the help he could get. But – yeah, I don't know. I don't know outside of that who would be all for that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like teams who could maybe um, use him as like someone you can you can just like provide support to or something or even just like I don't know be there for someone if like they needed a little kick in the ass or like a young quarterback or something like that, but. I, I've kind of been thinking about this. I don't know if it would actually if it actually happen or that it would work. I think he could, you know, sign with Pittsburgh. I think Mike Tomlin's a really good coach who would be really um, positive and really helpful towards Colin Kaepernick. They don't have a number one QB right now, but maybe they'll go get one. And I'm not saying Kaepernick's that guy, but um, Pittsburgh seems like a really solid situation for him. Another team I'm thinking of. The Giants. That, that was another team I was thinking of, too. Kaepernick, obviously, is not the same level, but same kind of player as Josh Allen. You know, big quarterback who can run the ball well, and obviously the arm talents are a little bit different. But, I mean, Gable was, like, he can maybe coach him the same style he did Josh Allen. And so maybe, like, Whenever he comes in, or like, because honestly, let's be honest, he can probably compete for the starting job with Daniel Jones. Oh, probably. So, why not give him a shot there? I mean, the Giants have been like incredibly disappointed for a very long time. So, why not bring some excitement to your fucking team and some even more attention that New New York can possibly get? But so, I why not? I, I don't mind the Giants signing. That could be kind of cool. But uh, let's move on to uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians retires from coaching and moves to the front office. Ted Bowles, Todd Bowles, signed, uh, hired to uh, head coach. Do you think this is just a, oh, fuck, Brady's coming back. He's just going to be coach now. I'm going to move to front office. Or what people do you guys, who, what do you guys make of this move? It, people who see it as a, as a Bruce Arians giving this to Todd Bowles and being super generous, I'll go fuck yourself. It was clearly Tom Brady come. If, if he can't go anywhere else, Arians, you got to go. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> we saw your system. And how many games did we lose the first year? Yeah. How many games did we lose the second year? Yeah. Fuck off. No. It's, uh, of course, Bruce Arians did, does this and then, you know, makes the media think, oh, yeah, no, I'm doing this for Todd. And how many positions? Yeah. That's the whole point of an NFL offseason and your coach getting fired. Like, that's what kind of makes it, you know, exciting or, uh, whatever and it's just yeah now Todd Bowles is gonna have a great season because he's the defensive coach it's just gonna be Byron Leftwich already being whatever he is like it's gonna be Tom Brady's offense yeah like there's our there's a power struggle last year and like no one's gonna no one's gonna out argue or like no one's gonna kick the goat out like Tom Brady does what he wants to do he probably goes in a huddle with Arians. Arians is like, why don't you run this? Brady's like, okay, it goes to the huddle. He's like, yeah, fuck that. We're doing this. And it yep. works more often than not. So I think this was kind of just like more of a Arians, you better resign and move to the front office or before like we fire you. You know, it's like do this so you don't get labeled with this. And he's like, got it. I will do this. <laughs> <laughs> I will listen to you. Brady's probably like, yo, give me the playbook. This isn't yours anymore. He's like, okay, bother. I will move to the front <laughs> office. So, yeah, I think it was kind of just a stunt. But, Ian, what, did, what do you think of this? And how do you think Todd Bowles will do as a head coach for Tampa? I mean, t- Todd Bowles is deserving to be an NFL head coach. I, like, I, I know people want to say it's, you know, all Brady and, and the offense with Tampa Bay. That defense is really good. Like that Tampa Bay front seven is no joke. Um, Vita Bay, Vita Bay is an absolute monster. He's Vita one of the most. Bay. He's one of the most scariest guys I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> just... Vita Vea, Levante David, Devin White. Like there's some real studs on that team and Todd Bowles has created a defense uh, that's been Super Bowl worthy. They won a Super Bowl with that defense. And I, I mean, the first time he was an NFL head coach, it didn't work because he was coaching the Jets. The like, Jets. That doesn't like, help. Yeah. No, 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 nobody, nobody's career has been further because they were with the Jets. But I mean, I kind of buy the theory that, you know, Giselle wanted Tom to stay at home a little bit more. I kind of buy that theory a little bit, but. Fuck them kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you ever been God, at home? I hate you, soccer practice. You ever, you ever been at home with like a bunch of young kids? It's like dogs. We're like, like and the dogs don't even talk, but it's like. The kids are just, you know, you ever been with young kids for like a week? My mom runs a daycare at our house. It's miserable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame them. Hey, honey, can you pack the lunches, kid? Or the kids' lunch? <sighs> I should have practice. I got to go train. I'm. <laughs> Tom, you're like, retired. Like not anymore. Me. Yeah, not I... anymore. I know Gronk hasn't officially like said he's coming back yet. Who would you rather spend every day with for like six months, Gronk or your family? 
they're basically one and the same. Hang out with. Yeah, basically one and the same. Yeah. Um, as I mean, as for Bruce, um, you know, I never was a big Bruce Arians fan when he was the coach of the Cardinals, um, because I hated losing to him because I didn't think he was as good as our coaching staff, and that take doesn't really look great in twenty twenty two. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I think some again, some things just run its course. Yeah. Like I think some things at some point you just gotta, you know, move on. You know, Bruce Bruce, when he got back to the NFL, his job was to help Jameis Winston. His job was to fix Jameis Winston. That's why he got back into the NFL. And then Jameis had the 30 for 30 season, the 30 30 season. Yeah. And then they're like, Well, fuck, we can't fix this guy. Let's just get Tom. <laughs> And at that point, you're like, yeah, let's, let's get Tom. But I think what you're also seeing, and you're, you're seeing this more in the NBA too, but when you in when you get these stars or these elite athletes, there are there is something to be said for you're entering their world as well. Yeah. Like you're like you're bringing on a whole. Not that Brady. I mean, there's a whole TB12 diet thing and all this other off the field bullshit with him. But, like, you do have to cater to the athlete. There is something to be said for, you know, what matters more, the player or the coach. And are you going to, you know, is Bruce Arians as good of a coach as Tom Brady is quarterback? Probably not. So you're probably going to take – you're going to stick with the quarterback, you're going to keep the quarterback, and you can just get another coach. And fortunately for Tampa, you have two head coaches worthy candidates in Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. Yeah. Like I think Byron Leftwich Leftwich should be an uh, NFL head coach. Yeah. No, you so, make a good point. So you stick with the quarterback, you stick with the player and you figure it out with the coaching staff. Yeah, I think you it's, can't really you can't really downgrade at coach, but they were like going to downgrade at quarterback. So have you guys have you guys ever played like Madden or like 2K or like Shell and you're doing franchise mode and you have the star team, but the you know the coaching staff chemistry is like 59%. It's like, well, I think this team's really good. We're gonna move on from the coach. We're gonna go find a new coach who's got like a B minus potential and is cheaper. It's like we're we'll just get this guy. And then, you know, that that's what Tampa's doing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're going to shift sports here, boys. We're going to move over to the NHL. And in my opinion, the big headline, Keith Yandel. He got scratched. And his Ironman streak, longest active when he was playing, was at 989 games, has ended. Um, With 14 games remaining in this regular season, he was 11 games away from playing 1,000 straight games. And that was ended because Mike Yo wanted to get in the younger players to help prepare their uh, careers. Ian, what are your thoughts on this? Because I just, it, this infuriates me. But So let me preface this by saying that uh, anybody who like paid close enough attention to hockey knows that Mike Yo is not the best coach. <laughs> no. Um, not not the greatest. I think it's here's the thing. I think it's stupid to artificially increase a guy's at you know Ironman streak if he's not good enough. I think that's stupid. 
I think it's also stupid to take a guy out when he's that many games from a thousand games. Like I think both, you know, both things can be true. Um, and what are the Flyers playing for? They're not playing for anything. That's why I think it's dumb. Yeah. Because it's like, if this was a competitive team, then I get, like, he would have been scratched, like. Probably in January. They would have let him beat the record, and they would have scratched him next game. Yeah. Philadelphia is, like, 31 points out of the playoffs. What the (laughs) hell are you fucking playing for? Let him get his thousand. Let him finish this. He doesn't have to play 20 minutes a game. He can play like he can be like your sixth or seventh D man. He doesn't have to be the number one guy. Like, yeah, Keith Yandel has been terrible this year. He's dash 39, the worst in the league. But you guys are in like negative first, negative last place. Like, bro, like, let him finish out the season, man. Well, well, the excuse is that we have to make sure that, um, you know, Joe Schmo from Boston College, like, make sure he might have something. And it's like, okay, you can do that with the three remaining games left in the season that Yandel doesn't have to play because he's already got to a thousand games. And it's kind of unfair to put this kid who's playing his first career, I think, NHL game on a Saturday night against the Maple Leafs with one of the best slash hottest teams in the NHL. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that's kind of a dick move to the kid, just being like, yeah. You get to go up against Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Have fun. Don't cry. And six, six two later. Yeah. <laughs> Kid was dash four is miserable now. My thing is, don't play Keith Yandel another game this year. <laughs> I think they did. I think they already have. I think they were playing him another game since then. That's an absolute joke. That's, yeah. like, so they, that's like the Eli Manning one. They bench him for a game, and then he's back in next one. It's like, what's the point of scratching me if I'm just gonna be back? Like it's that's what like they knew that that's what it was, and they're like, yeah, we don't actually give a fuck. Like this shit just makes me so mad. There's four. It's not like you guys are trying to get into the playoffs and trying to play your best players or whatever. Yo, if you're gonna do this, don't like do it earlier. Like maybe this is is like ultra galaxy brain shit of like they know this kid is worse than Keith Yandel, and we're trying to play for a draft pick. Yeah, we need we need to lose this game against. We can't afford. We cannot afford to win this game against Toronto. We need to lose it, and we need to make sure we're playing a worse player. That's some like reverse galaxy brain shit that I don't think anybody in that locker room or in that front office is smart enough to think of. But I hope it's true because that would be hilarious. Yeah, he. How you lose a fan base? Oh yeah, he played. Uh, he played tonight and was dash two, but he was scratched for two games. Now he's back in. Like, bro, that like that is so infuriating. I'm not even a Philly fan. Like, I'm I'm a Chicklets supporter, and Nate Yandel is like their number one guy there. So that's I've grown like a bias towards him. But to anyone, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I get it. You want to get the younger kids in. You want to try and play the kids for your future. But you're telling me you can't have Yandel as a seventh defenseman? Sit Ristolainen. This guy sucks. 
Dude, no, you, whole... signed, you, signed, you signed him to the big extension. You can't like, sit him because that will make you, the GM, look bad at Chuck Fletcher. He already looks bad. He traded a first for him and then signed No, him. he got an extension. He can't be that bad. He got an extension. <laughs> Philly, you're already, your whole team sucks. Let the guy who's almost played a thousand straight games play out the rest of the year or scratch him out a thousand. Do you know how impressive a thousand straight games is? Some people wish to play that many in their career. This guy almost played it straight. That is the most insane thing ever. That's like what sixteen seasons. He the last time he missed a game was in two thousand nine. That oh. was the last time he missed a game. <laughs> like that is absurd. Uh, it's Philly has yet to make any sense, ever, ever, ever. I'll never, I'll never get it. But yeah, dumb, dumb. Uh, Zegers, he scored another Michigan. Kids, kids a rock star. But in that same game, Beagle absolutely put a pounding on Troy Terry, and uh, Nash, uh, Tyler Tyson, Tyson Nash, Tyson Nash, um, said like if you're gonna want to play that like showboat and show off your skill, you're gonna have to get ready to be punched in the mouth. Um, bit of a Bit of a spicy take there, but Hayden, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you saw what happened, but Trevor Zegers took a little poke at the poke at the goalie when he was uh, in the midst of covering the puck. Beagle cross-checked him in the back. Not too hard. It was pretty, pretty light, actually. I think Zegers sold it, if anything, but I, like it wasn't too hard. It was kind of warranted. You're up 5 nothing, poking the losing team's goalie. Like They're going to be pissed already. Yeah. They're down. It wasn't anything crazy. Then Cam Cam Fowler comes in and confronts Beagle. Beagle's fine. He's chilling. He's like, yo, like he poked my goalie. I just gave him a little shove. That's literally nothing new. A little back tap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything different than has ever happened at any scrum. And then Troy Terry comes in, gives Beagle a little jab. Then Beagle's wires cross. And then Beagle may have taken a little too far and just absolutely put a beating on Troy Terry. But I wanted to hear you guys' like, thoughts on how the situation went down. Does Beagle deserve any further punishment? And then Zegers, after the game, was quoted saying that Beagle should be embarrassed and should uh, face... Uh, punishment from the league. So, boys, I'll let you take it away. I kind of put it on a platter for you. Let me know what you think. No, it's it's hockey. Like, <laughs> it's a rough sport already. You know, people are literally allowed to fight in games, whereas some leagues, fighting's like absolutely zero tolerance to that at all. So... For someone to kick the shit out of someone, he's probably already pissed because, like you said, he was down or his team was down five nothing. Like he probably just wants to send a message across and just says, like, don't fuck with me. So you know what? Good for him. Standing his ground, supporting his goalie. That's a player right there. You get behind that guy, you rally behind that guy. Ian? I I was uh I was just thinking about like I was watching some lacrosse earlier this week, and it's just like that's a sport like we wouldn't have this problem 
you know, if somebody was poking at the goalie and you got cross-checked from behind, nobody would be talking about that because that's just the cross. Um, I was chatting with a, a friend of the pod, Scott, last night on our podcast. He's a Ducks fan. We were having this conversation. I don't think he was, like, he himself, I don't think was over... I mean, I think he was maybe not the most impressed with Beagle, but it's more the fact that Troy Terry has to be the guy to go stand up for Zegris because of the fact that the Ducks traded Delorier, uh, Josh Manson. Um, like, paraphrasing here, but Scott said, like, it's essentially a green light for anybody to just go run those players and to go do whatever you want because there's nobody there to defend them. And the guy who is defending them is... Troy Terry? Yeah, okay. That's a mismatch if he's going up against Jay Beagle. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'd have to watch it again. I think, you know, Beagle definitely, you know, ran the stop sign uh, in terms of a cross check from behind. But it is probably deserving of Zegris to keep trying to dig for the puck and trying to keep it. Like, I probably would have done that if I was Trevor Zegris, and I probably would have been expecting, a you know, some form of contact. Yeah. Doesn't matter if the whistle hasn't gone yet. Anytime you poke the goalie, you're going to receive some sort of some sort of contact. Whether it's exactly. a, like some sort of like somebody's not going to like that, and yeah. you better be expecting it. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and you know, I I also made the point of how you know Beagle is trying to establish a culture in Arizona. Like they're trying to do this whole like we don't take shit from anybody. Um, because I think the Coyotes are tired of taking shit from everybody for how their season has gone. And maybe that was just a boiling point for Jay Beagle, who just, you know, wanted to unleash some fury on somebody, and Troy Terry was the one in the middle of it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think there should be any punishment. I, I, I don't, like, supplemental discipline is probably not needed here. If anything, I think this is probably just a good lesson for both Troy Terry and Zegris to just like, hey, this is kind of the NHL you're playing in right now. Um, yeah. You know, look out. Ryan Whitney on Chicklets today said it perfectly. Like, you can't be in the NHL and have just a team full of skilled guys and expect to just breeze by with zero altercations or conflict or anything. You can't win the Stanley cup with just a team full of skill guys. They literally had someone who could have solved this problem in Delorier and they traded him away. Same thing with LA. They had Brendan Lemieux traded him away. He was one of the few guys who could, or was it the Rangers who traded him to LA? Yeah. Rangers to LA. Yeah. Rangers. Oh, we need a tough guy. Now oh, you traded your only tough guy and Brendan Lemieux before they got Reeves, obviously to LA. Like, I don't understand why the NHL is branching away. There's a reason why teams are trading for them is because they value an enforcer to be on their team to solve the physicality and to protect the young guys. Like, like Anaheim doesn't have anyone to be doing that. And I agree, Troy Terry shouldn't have to be the one to stand up for Zegras because Troy Terry has had one of the better seasons in the league this year in terms of breakout. But, like, I just... You can't have a team full of skill guys. Like it just it won't work. And yeah, it was just unfortunate. But I don't think any supplemental discipline should be dished out to Beagle. And I and I think with 
Anaheim, this is a sh- this is a short term issue with Anaheim. Like they literally have what another month in the season, and then their year's over, and yeah. they can go sign guys in the off season. Like I think it's just a short term issue that they'll figure out. And I'm sure Pat Verbeek, who is you know as physical as anybody back in his day, like I'm sure he knows that. Like I'm I'm sure he's not a dummy. Yeah. So. I- yeah, it was just a situation where it's like, yeah, you feel bad for Terry, but I don't know. It's like I can see both sides of the story, but yeah. I don't know. It's it's the NHL. Like, don't just the cry. Like what Beagle did wasn't bad. Z like Zeger should have had it coming. It was warranted. You punched a guy when he was not trying to fight anyone. He's gonna. He's down five nothing. You didn't have to punch him in the face when, like, your defenseman is already taking care of him. Like, you should expect him to, like, cross his wires and, like, freak out. He wasn't expecting a punch. Like, Troy Terry kind of did that unnecessarily. It's like you didn't need to do anything. Someone's already taking care of it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a situation where it's like, uh, like, they learned their lesson and they're going to, yeah. It won't happen again with them. But uh, the Panthers, they clinched the playoff spot, and Huberto sets the Florida record with 97 points. Most assists by a winger, I believe with like 75. Guy's an absolute menace. But this Panthers team is just different. And do you think Huberto should be talked about more in the heart race? Uh, No. No? No. Um, listen, um, if I had to vote for a heart winner right now, it's Connor McDavid. Um, and then it's Matthews. Then maybe it's Huberto. But I mean, I think like Huberto is arguably not even, I mean, I think he scored the OT winner tonight. He's arguably not even the best Panther right now. Like that team is just so loaded and you can say the same thing about Matthews in Toronto, but that team is just so loaded. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't vote for Huberto myself. That's why yeah. I don't think he's deserving of it. Yeah, but, I don't think he should win either, but but I, I would push Sturkin over Huberto. He's fallen off a bit like over the last like month or so, but I, yeah. I think you could still make that argument. He's still the reason the Rangers are pretty much more or less going to the playoffs and are gonna get home ice in the first round. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Totally. Uh gets left. Ryan Getzlaff just announced that after this season, he will be retiring 17 seasons in the league. Quite a successful career. He has a Stanley Cup, a couple gold medals, World Cup. He was part of that stacked 2003 draft. How do you, uh, how are you boys uh, going about remembering Getzlaff and uh, his successful career as a longtime duck? Just basically all the times playing with uh with him on Chell, you know, back in the back in the day it was like what was it? NHL 05 or some shit where personally I would just pick like the coolest team, you know, and uh he was on Anaheim, right? When he was drafted? Yeah. yeah. So like and I always I don't know, but like even when uh Jeff you asked like the question like what's the best logo and I was like the Ducks, it's like the Ducks had like such a cool logo back then. It was just, and then playing with Getzlaff, he's a center, right? Yeah. yeah. He plays center. Yeah. And it was just, he always had like one of the best slap shots too. 
He's like he's one of the pure definitions of like a power forward. You know, I know yeah. like I know Aginla is like the he's like the Mount like Mount Rushmore. He's on Mount Rushmore of like all time power forwards because he was like one of the best like goal scorers in his prime and he could fight and he was just physical. But Getzlaff is right there too. Big body centerman. He was he's produced well. He's he's gotten over. He's clipped a thousand points in his career. And he's just he's been one of the best players on his team. So, I mean, I think it's just an unbelievable career on his part. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I mean, one of the rare guys um, in sports playing his whole career with one team. I know there was some talk about him going, but that's still cool. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's the greatest duck of all time in terms of skill, but definitely uh was part of uh transforming from the old ducks teams of like the the Solanis and the Paul Koreas into the new generation with him Corey Perry um Scott Nita was Niedermeyer was in the old generation the John Gibson's like kind of yeah. transfer like there there's you know he, he's a duck when you like when you think of Ryan Getzlaff you think of a duck um like a true Anaheim duck um, you know, I know some are going to say I, it's, it's, it's his brother's Chris Getzlaff, right? Former uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders wide yeah. receiver, right? So, yeah. like, you know, they, they come from like good Sasky guys, you know, coming from a bloodline of athletes, like, you know, a really, a really feel, feel good story. Uh, both like the Getzlaff family and Ryan, you know, playing for the Ducks his whole career, ending, ending his career on his terms, you know. There isn't any injury. Nobody's cutting him. Nobody's doing all this. He gets to decide when he wants to retire. I think it's a really good story. Is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, probably if, you know, as long as we're including other guys, like, you know, Daniel Alfredson, Zetterberg and Natsuk. Yeah. I think eventually he will be. First ballot? No chance. I don't think he's a first ballot. I don't think so, but you know, there might be enough like media narrative of like, oh, this, you know, good Canadian boy who played for one team, got a cup, all this sort of stuff. But talent wise, no, he's not a first ballot. But I think eventually he'll make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's like he's he's had a career where it's like I can see him making it, but I can also see him not making it. I mean, like he has no major awards to his uh to his name. I don't think like the thing that helps his case is that when they did go on and win the cup, he was like the leading scorer on their team mm-hmm. when they went on that cup run. And he's just been a consistent pro for them. And I think just based off of like the type of player he was and like his reputation alone, I think he could get in, but yeah, he's uh, he's right in the line. I'm like 50-50 with it right now. I think he he'll probably end up getting in like down the road. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's uh hard to say right now, but I can I can see it go either way to be honest. Uh Matthews wins the race to 50. Uh did he score tonight against Florida? I think he did. Did he? Man, this guy's a, on an absolute tear. It's not fair right now. Uh, let's see. Three assists. So he didn't score, but he had a good Oh, night. he didn't score, but he still got three assists. Oh, yeah, what a bum. Three apples. 
But yeah, so he's the fourth Maple Leaf to hit 50, and he's at 53 right now, or 54. 54 right now. And I believe the record for um, Toronto is 54, 55. So he's a few away from being the setting the franchise record for uh, goals in a season. He's he's just a, on a different planet this year. He has 71 goals in his last 82 games. He has 47-47. Is he going to clip 60? I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. What's going to – like, is he realistically going to stop this pace? I don't think so. He's Only if the team scratches him to get some younger centers at guard, <laughs> make sure they look good. Um, yeah, he'll probably hit 60. I don't think – here's the thing. I think with Matthews, none of this matters unless he wins in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, dude could hit 70 for all I care. And if he doesn't get out of the first round, people are going to hate him. Yeah. It's going to look bad. Yeah, I think it's playoff. Like, uh, shout out to Michael Barton, a recurring guest of the show. He did a poll on Instagram saying who has, like, who's going to be, like, who's more at stake, whose career is more at stake if they don't go on a run this year, Matthews or McDavid. And I think it's without a doubt Matthews because at least McDavid could fall back on like, this team is terrible. We don't have goaltending. Our defense sucks. Everything around me is bad except Leon. Right? You have something to fall back on. Whereas Matthews, it's like, bro, you're making like 11 and a half a year. You got your t- your top six is really good, dude. Yeah, like, they went out and got Giordano. They beefed up the defense. Campbell was really good to start the year. He's been decent, like a well above average this year. You got is you got to at least like produce, not be. You know how like in the Lakers, like LeBron's not the problem, but that team's a disaster. Like Matthews at least has to like be like carrying them. Like, but they still lose. Like, he just can't be the catalyst of their downfall in the playoffs if they do lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can't be yeah. pulling Mitch Marner and like not score at all. And and that's just it. Like, we can talk about all these regular season accolades because you know it's pretty sick scoring 60 goals in a season. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Did you win in the first round of the playoffs? No. Well, then you didn't really do anything, did you? Yeah. That's the driving force right now. It's like, can you? Yeah, can you win in the playoffs? That's the most important question. What about you, Hayden? Do you think he hit 60? Oh, man. That'd be fucking insane. Uh, I, you got to go with the with the under, I feel like. You know, just because it's, it's definitely the safer bet. You know, what if they just don't play him the last couple games, you know? <laughs> it, whatever, right? But, like... Like Ian was saying, you got the hardware for the regular season. You know, it's like Aaron Rodgers winning back-to-back MVPs. But what do you have from that? Two chokes in the playoffs as the number one seed, right? Like, it's just – it's all – and that's how you can almost base it off of two, where it's like Rodgers just didn't come to perform either game, it seems like, you know? So, yeah, no, definitely Matthews has to, like – he has to be the – if he goes out and at least, you know, has a great first round but they still lose, 
and say, okay, this wasn't on Matthews. But he can't just put up a fucking goose, you know? No, yeah, this upcoming playoffs is, like, massive for, like, every single person on this Toronto Maple Leafs roster except Mark Giordano because he just got there. But, like, Sheldon Keefe, Dubas, or Ian McNaughton, one or two, whatever you want to call it, Um, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Morgan, everyone is at stake here because it's like you got you to gotta advance through. And what team do you get? One of the Florida teams. Tampa or Florida. <laughs> you, get, you, get, so you get Tampa, Florida, Boston possibly, or even maybe Carolina. Wait, all... Which one do you think is the best one? It has to either be Boston or Carolina, right? Like that's their best, best possible bet. I don't know, man. Carolina's a playoff hockey team. Like, they just... Yeah, but I think, might... think Tampa, who's won back-to-back cups, or Florida... Yeah, in my opinion, I th- in my opinion, I think it might be Florida. It might be their best option. Really? Florida it... hasn't had the success in the playoffs. They're, they're the definition for me of the of a regular season team. And They, they have a longer streak of not making it past the first round than the Leafs do. That is true. Because Boston always has their number, right? Boston has their number. Like you said, Tampa's back-to-back. And Carolina, they're my pick to go to the cup final. Yeah. If not win. I I feel like it might be Boston that they might have to, if they want to advance, it might be Boston. Because I think Boston's the weakest team out of all of them. But, like, that doesn't feel like it matters. It's, like, the weakest team. That doesn't feel relevant. It's just... The fact that you, you know, are fighting demons every time you play the Bruins in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like I think Toronto's matchup is like the AFC West. (laughs) Like their easiest competition is still a good chance to be better than you. So it's like I don't think it really matters who you face. It's always it's going to be tough regardless. So I think Toronto's got their they have to play their like A plus plus game to like maybe take it to six to get out of the first round. Yeah. Not even just to win the cup, just to like get out of the first round. Because if you do beat one of Boston, Tampa, Florida, or Carolina, then guess what? You get to play one of Boston, Carolina, Tampa Bay, or Florida. You got to go beat them. Yeah. It's yeah. They're going to have to beat like all four of those teams or like three out of those four teams to get to the final. And then there's a good chance to get Colorado in the final or like Vegas or Calgary or St. Louis or Minnesota. Basically what we're saying is the West is just going to be whoever comes out of the West is basically going to win because the East is going to be so fucking like battle scarred. That's a pretty good bet. Yeah. you You could see almost every game from every series going to like seven games in the East almost. Yeah. Like I think the East is the East is a lot deeper than the West, but I think the West has the best team in Colorado, but like Calgary's path to the final is like easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Like it's like, it's pretty, it's not easy, but it's definitely not as hard as like any team in the East. Yeah. And then Colorado, like Colorado, like I said, Hayden went on that episode with, Corey, they're like, this might be bad for them, but they're like 14 points ahead of like second in their division. Like they're just kind of 
above everyone else. But the East is like it's that's going to be a bloodbath to get to the no, final. I was going to say the West, the West isn't as skilled, but there's definitely going to be like some like some line brawls. There's going to be a bunch of fights in the West because oh, yeah. of just how physical those teams are. Like there's a bunch of like we don't take shit from anybody teams in the West, uh, like Calgary, St. Louis, Minnesota. Um, even call Colorado with Kadri, they're probably not going to keep any shit from any. Even Nate Dog, man, that guy's—he's probably got the shortest fuse in the league. Yeah, and he um, can and he can score like three points a game. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> damn so, it. So so like, I'm probably more intrigued with the West just because I think there's going to be just a bunch of physical. Like it's going to be more physical than it will be in the East. I feel like that might be a hot take, but it's it's. Like those th- those guys who are playing in the Western Conference, they are gonna feel it the next day. Like they're really gonna feel all the pain for the next the, like, the next day that they suffered in the playoff game. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I can agree with that. Hundred percent. All right, boys. The Masters is this week. It'll be the day after this episode comes out. I'm very excited because the man, the god. Tiger Woods is playing. He is back for his first legit tournament since his horrific injury. I know he played the PNC or uh, whatever it is with this with Charlie, but like this one is like a tournament that he's coming back to play. What's everyone's anticipation? I know some people here aren't as big Tiger fans as everyone else, but this is a bigger headline than anything that has crossed sports within the last couple of years. What is everyone feeling? I feel like Tiger kind of pulled a fucking Aaron Rodgers move. Just uh, kind of being like that dramatic. Like earlier this week, he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm going on the fence. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm like 85%. And then obviously today it was announced 1034. He'll be playing. And you know what? I'm excited to see him. Uh, I think he'll make the cut. Definitely don't think he's winning, but it's it's cool to see Tiger back like playing again because you know three years ago, what did he do? He won the fucking Masters. So anything can happen. Um, I was talking about this with Scott in our podcast. Um, would it not just be very Tiger Woods to just go win it all this weekend? <laughs> it, like that, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't think it could happen, but like anything could happen. Like, would would we all be shocked if like you know coming up on Sunday afternoon, Tiger had a four stroke lead over the rest of the competition, and it's like, well, he did it again. See, that's the thing. If he wins, I don't think he has a lead. I think he comes back and somebody loses the lead. I you think if anything, I, mean? I think if anything, it's a bit of both. Like I, t- I think Tiger goes like minus eight in his last nine holes, and then someone like doubles, hits into the water twice. But like, it's not just because if they lost, Tiger also deserved to get into the lead. You know, like he yeah. wasn't like playing par golf, and then someone fucked up, and he got in the lead just by chilling. Like I think I could see like Tiger's like has a really good roaring back. Like roaring up to the lead and someone like 
They're like, oh, fuck, Tiger's coming up the lead. Water, bunker, lip out, double bogey. Tiger gets a birdie, and he's in the lead now. It's like, I feel like it's going to be, it could be something like that. But honestly, Hayden, I couldn't disagree with you more about it's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers thing. I think this is vastly different. Man almost died. Rodgers didn't take a vaccine or didn't take a shot. I think this is insanely different because this the guy hasn't obviously he's been like walking, but like he's played like a full like practice round. And obviously behind closed doors, we don't really know like what he's been doing. But I think he could literally be like uncertain, like. Augusta has been known, like, I've heard it's, like, deceivingly hilly and, like, changing. So, I think walking that, he could be, like, okay, like, we'll see how, like, my condition is and, like, conditioning is and, like, how my leg is, like, with actually playing, like, around at Augusta. Let's see how I feel here. So, I think he was, I'm, I feel like he was, like, more than 90% sure he was playing, but, like, anything could happen and, like, Anything he could like be like, I something just like doesn't feel right, but I think it was more just like he was kind of unsure. But I'm not gonna say he didn't milk it a little bit to like make it as dramatic as possible. The Masters Committee could have told him like, hey, don't say it's a hundred percent yet. Let people so we get as much attention, again, attention to it as possible. Yeah, yeah, know. no, that that could definitely be a play about it, and. I was just, I was just basically saying like, yeah, I know Tiger's gone through, you know, a lot right now. I'm not saying he hasn't, you yeah. know, I'm not disagreeing any about that. I just feel like, like you said, milked it. And basically what I said, just, I feel like he knew that he was playing two weeks ago, just to say, because a, it's like the best golf tournament in the world. And if one of the best tournaments in the world. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, if you don't know that you're not playing two weeks in advance, you're not playing. Yeah, fair enough. Because like, it's, it's such a prestigious event. And I say prestigious event, but yet dude, perfect can come out there and play fucking all sports golf on there. Like what they just started allowing black people about playing on that course, like 40 years ago, like, come on. (laughs) Like, I you have to really know about if you're playing or not. And uh, yeah, I'm not trying to, I, I really hope that didn't come across super racist right there. I'm just saying it's like, there's just so much media coverage around the masters every year. Yeah. I mean like the masters doesn't feel like the masters without tiger in it. I think he knows that, but it's also like, he just, if he like, tore his ACL two years ago and it was still going through rehab. It's like, okay, buddy, you're probably playing, but he went through like a horrific crash. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, yeah, there was like a hiccup in like my rehab with it. And like, something doesn't feel right walking the course this week. Then I would be like, I wouldn't have been shocked. Yeah. But I see, I saw uh, this week that he was doing some practice rounds at Augusta and he was crushing it. I heard he was striping it. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I heard he was just like just nailing it, and it's like okay, this guy's You're gonna what? be in play on Sunday. Yeah, like, like did you see that quote from Fred Couples? No, I didn't see that one. Fred Couples basically said like uh, everyone's in trouble. Like this guy is he's yeah. not he's not just like playing. Like no, he's like Tiger. 
And like, if I was anyone, like so many headlines are towards like Scotty Scheffler because he's been like playing outstanding golf. You know, like Cameron Smith, he's been playing unbelievable as of late. Like if I was Scotty Scheffler, it's like, oh man, like I've won three out of my last five tournaments. I'm the number one golfer now. But like, I have a chance at winning the Masters and then all of a sudden I just get a notification on like Instagram, like Tigers. Yeah, I'm playing. It's like the Michael Jordan. I'm back. I just be like, (laughs) I'd just be like, well, this was fun. (laughs) I'm going to have a great time this year. I'm just going to be sweating the whole time. Just the aura of Tiger looking over everyone. I'm just going to eat a whole bunch of pimento cheese sandwiches uh, (laughs) and just, you know, enjoy myself while I'm here because I'm probably not going to win this thing. Yeah. So it's just, just like, yeah, imagine just like, it's just like Tiger's like, yeah, I'm back. It's like, well, cool. <laughs> I'm just going to be thinking about that all day now. So yeah, uh, no, your day's ruined. When you get that, when you get that message, your day's ruined. When you get that notification, like it's over, like you can't recover from that. Like it doesn't matter when that happens in the day, your day, your day's done. Your day's wrecked. It, yeah. you, you can't recover from it. Already in his head, rent free. Yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, fuck. Cool. Like it's Tuesday, tournament doesn't start for two days, and it's like, ah, oh, great. Well, now I can't sleep at night because of this guy. Way to go, Tiger. <sighs> you uh, know what's a big, big thing when like football analysts or like insiders or like any sport insiders are tweeting about it? <laughs> what know? else is Tony Romo doing right now? <laughs> He doesn't do draft coverage. He's just like looking at it. He's like, oh, sick. He's here. I, I know what I'm doing Sunday. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great weekend. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm super excited. And uh into that, we get to do a little masters draft, everyone. Yes, we're back with a draft. I like doing these draft episodes, they're pretty fun. But we need to figure out who goes first. Do we also I, put a little bit of a wager on this? See who has like the, the best five people? I'm Dizzle for Shizzle. We'll go by uh, their everyone's accumula- accumulated scores. So we'll keep track of that. Um, so we're basically we're, we're drafting for who we think is going to have like the best weekend. Like, yeah. if, we're play- if we're playing for like total scores here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go second. You guys are going to battle for first or third. Mm. I have a number in my head. And it's an odd or even. And whoever just like, or like, who's ever closest to the number without going over. Did we get like an in-between, like you said? One in 15. Okay. Okay. I have a number closest to without going over. Hayden, you get to go. You get to pick first. 13. Uh, I'll say nine. I, I picked 13. Are <laughs> Aiden you serious? Aiden got it on the nose. Oh. <laughs> okay, so third. But it's snake draft, so Ian gets third and fourth. Uh, that's fine. That's, that, that's perfect for you, Ian. All right, Hayden. So, so we... Each get to pick five players. Hayden, kick us off with round one, pick one. Round one, pick one. 
Um, give me Brooksy. Brooks. Brooks Kapka. He's had a decent history at the Masters. Uh, I'm going Tiger. I'm going to go it. Tiger Woods. <laughs> I think he's just everyone's afraid and he's just going to be in everyone's head. Not everyone's head, no. but yeah, I got Tiger Woods. Ian, who do you I got? got? Two pick, I, I got two picks here. Yeah. Um, you know, s- sources are telling me that these are good picks. That's what I'm telling myself. Uh, Colin Morikawa is going to be my you. first one. Yeah, love that pick. One of the iron go- players in the tour. And I'll go with DJ. DJ as my fourth pick. Really? I, I, I got. I'm going to go with that Gretzky bloodline. When you get some of that Gretzky in you, like you're unstoppable. That's unfair. You got Paulina as well. That's just. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like it's DJ plus one, pretty much is what I'm going with with that pick. Oh, Not bad. bad. All right, with my second pick, I think he is. He's the second ranked player in the world, if not the best player in the world. John Rom. Ah, uh, John Rom. Good pick. Solid pick. You know, I'm pretty lucky to get him in the second round. <laughs> <laughs> he slipped. Like, yeah. As if it matters with fucking golf. <laughs> <laughs> Rom could shoot plus nine on Thursday and just be out of the tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, little little two and three action. Um, I feel like you got to go with the uh, opposite to track. Give me, give me the big schlong hitter. Give me Bryson, Bryson, and then give me the Canadian Corey Connors. Ooh, got to have one Canadian, right? You got to have the hot one. I respect it. A fair pick. That's a fair pick. I uh, wasn't expecting. I, my top 13, I did not have Bryson or Connors. So, really? Yeah. Bryce, I had Bryson. Bryson par 67, Chambeau. You know what I'm saying? If you remember that quote, he's like, I'm going into Augusta this week like it's a par 67. And then he didn't make the cut. <laughs> uh, he, may have made the, he may have made the cut, but he, it was not a par 67 for him. Oh, who do I go with now? A lot of different ways you could take this draft. Yeah, seriously. See, I want to pick one of my favorite golfers, but he's like a mental head case, and he it could go one of two ways with him. But I do I want to go with a hot hand right now. I'm gonna go with Patrick Cantley with my third pick here. I think he's going to be one of the more favorites to win, but he could be, he's always a golfer. who's like middle of the pack. He's never really terrible, but he's either like sitting the, at the top of the leaderboard or he's like around top 10, you know, the Lee Westwood. Can you say? Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. McNaughty too hottie. Who's your third and fourth pick? A lot of interesting picks. I, I could go with here. I gotta, I'm going to go with the reigning champion, Hideki Matsuyama. Fuck's sake, Hideki. 
Hideki, gotta 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 root for him. One of the best all time menus for dinner. I see. I I thought it was a really good menu, and like some people are like, yeah. No, it looks fire. I would That's be. Right, yeah, it's like I would be ecstatic for that menu going into the Masters. By the way, I've been to Japan. Japan rocks. Fucking yeah. love Japan. One of my one of the coolest experiences ever. Uh, so I guess there's a bit of a connection there. I've been to Japan. Got a root for Hideki. And then my fourth pick, Justin Thomas, JT. Yes, man. You got <laughs> stop. You bastard. That was going to be my pick. Fuck. All right. All right, I'm going to ride the hot hand right now. But I'm not going with the number one pick in the world. I'm going with Ozzy Cameron Smith. Love it. I love that. Probably the most rock star looks I've ever seen in my entire life. The mustache and mullet. And he's just good at golf. Like, (laughs) guy's just an absolute weapon on the golf course. So I'm going Cameron Smith. Do you see that dart on the Island Green? 17. He just big dicked it and just attacked the pin and put it to like four feet. And it was like if he went the slightest bit right, he was going in the water and he's put it to four feet and his putter's hot right now. Cameron Smith. Let's get it. Just perfect. All right, Hayden, four or five. Oh man. Okay. Well, with four, uh, I'm gonna go Patrick Cantley. I already went Patrick Cantley. Yeah, he already took it, didn't you actually? Yeah, yeah, you did. I just as I said the name, I was like, wait, no, Jeff, well, you went with that. This is like every fantasy football draft ever, where it's like, no, I'm gonna take like, yeah, it's like where is this guy? I swear he hasn't been picked. My dad, take... my dad, in one of his fantasy drafts, took Hull, but it was Jody Hull and not Brett Hull, so he picked. <laughs> he took the forgotten brother. Yeah, it was hilarious. Everyone started laughing and gave him shit. Warranted. But oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely warranted. Yeah. Oh my god, man. I'm looking through the list now and it's like it's like getting into the scraps. I'm kidding, it's not actually getting the scraps. Just... There's like top ten golfers on this list. Fucking guys suck. Can't take any of these <laughs> oh <my> guys. <laughs> Awful. Oh, <laughs> You know, what? I'll go. I'll go with uh, my fourth pick, one who has won it before. Um, give me Padraig Harrington. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kind of maybe that's like kind of like my sleeper. I feel like with all these uh all these back, people here, back to back sleepers in my opinion. Back to back. Let's go. Ian, you really fucked me with taking Matsuyama, man. I didn't think you'd. Uh... We don't even. We don't even pick next to each other. <laughs> yeah, but like that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, can I make it? Can he make it back around to my turn around? You know. No, apparently he can't. Hmm. Gosh. And then you took Morikawa from me too, didn't you? Do, 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 yeah, do, I know. Okay, you know what? Do, do, I, I think I gotta go. Speaking no, of people, taking, no one's taking Victor Hovland, right? No. Okay, yeah, there we go. 
That's a good pick. I was thinking of taking him. Victor Hovland. There we go. Alrighty. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Give me Jordan Spieth. Oh, biting the bullet. I could get either mental head case plus five Jordan Spieth, <laughs> or I could get major Jordan Spieth, where he could be leading the whole way in like top five finish Jordan Spieth. So I'm 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 risking it. I'm playing arrow roulette right now with this guy. So I'm picking Jordan Spieth, my fifth pick. All right, Ian. Finish this off. All right. Well, you know, mm. <laughs> I could go a bunch of different ways here. A bunch of scraps here, like Hayden says. Yeah. Basically look, the scraps. <laughs> looking at looking at only bums here. Um, <laughs> God, yeah, you know 15. what? I, you know what? I will do. I'll go Roy McElroy. I will go Roy. Rory. Oh, you guys really did bite the bullet. You know what? That one. I I'm willing to bet that my if you know I like it, I'm now doing the casual you know fan, after the fantasy draft I was like God I like my team <laughs> oh this team looks good <laughs> you're roster baiting hard right now dude jeez I haven't even had like six beers after the draft I was like yeah you know what this is like, you know by like Sunday night yeah like I can I mean, yeah. Everyone's like wondering about like your one pick that you made that you sh- you like you stretched for this guy like you picked him in the fifth round when he could have gone undrafted and you're just <laughs> your main thing is trust me bro trust me yeah <laughs> no like like dude like this is the year that Philip Lindsay will break out like don't worry about it it's I already be- have teams texting me saying they want him for. <laughs> Like in, fucking in the Barkley league, minimum. Yeah, in this fantasy league, I have you know people reaching out like, "Yo, man, um, like, trust me, know. bro." Source. Yeah, trust like, me, bro. like, <laughs> is, Cal- trust. is Calvin Ridley? Like, are you gonna, are you gonna, like, can I trade Calvin Ridley? It's like, <laughs> dude, like, I don't know. If it was a dynasty, people would be offering the one hundred and one next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, boys, we got some good rosters here, but this was a fun episode, and this Masters Week is going to be a hell of a ride. So I'm excited. But, uh, boys, we're going to finish it off here. Uh, Hayden, we'll start with you. Let people know where they can find you. At Instagram and Twitter, Hayden underscore Barton. Uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. McNaughty, let the people know where they can find your work on that beautiful uh, you- face of yours. Uh, I have a face for radio, let's be honest. But you can follow uh, <laughs> our our work uh, at SYP Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're going on hiatus. We're on spring break from our podcast. So we basically got a new episode out today on Tuesday. Um, so go go listen to that in the old episodes. Um, you know, we, we, we got to take some time off. Um, you know, Scott and I are on a break, as I said, like in French. But, you know, I still love them. I love Scott, and I and I can admit that. Um, and then don't be um, go doing any other podcasts out there behind his back. No, no, I'm not going <laughs> to tell him that I'm doing other podcasts either. I'm not, you know. What he doesn't he's not know, gonna know. Hurt him. Yeah, exactly. 
Scott's um, going to write you an 18 page letter front and back. And you're just going to go do another podcast. <laughs> We're on a break. No, um, uh, you you follow- wrote 18 pages front and back. <laughs> Anyways, really carry great. on in. Sorry. It's I'm always great it. when I can throw in a French reference. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you can follow me uh, on Instagram, uh, ian.mcnaughty. Uh, and then Twitter, I think it's at Ian McNaughty. Uh, cause you know, I gotta get the hockey names. Have I told you this story? This is really dragging on the podcast, but basically, uh, in grade two, one of the lunch ladies always referred to me as McNaughty. Didn't even address me by my first name. She was like, all right, McNaughty, this is like your lunch or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know if I did something wrong or if this is just a nickname, but like that's We're rolling with it. Yeah. That's like my, uh, business communications teacher uh she's called me javon ever since (laughs) september and i've said multiple times in presentations um examples uh that my name is jevin i've said it i've said it multiple times i've corrected her a few times at the start still calls me javon uh one of my buddies uh tyler she called him trevor um one of our (laughs) kid in our class teddy called him terry (laughs) <laughs> all within the span of 10 seconds she was taking attendance she was like oh we got terry and then uh trevor uh javon uh, javon and we we're all just like who is terry and trevor <laughs> this, this is like a it's like a really bad uh key and peel substitute teacher it's not, even, it's not even funny it's just like man you're just butchering our names like this isn't even cool yeah and then i was i was meeting with her today and I was like, yeah, Dylan said we had to write this like report. And she was like, Dylan? Do you mean Dylan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she would have said Darren. You mean Darren? <laughs> no, but I was like, Dylan. She's like, who's Dylan? I'm like, from from my set, Dylan, Dylan Bay. And she's like, oh, Dylan. She's terrible with names. It is unbelievable. <laughs> I had to repeat his name four times. And he's she's been teaching for a year. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that's really bad when you're like a year into it and it's just like, it's like in baseball, like in baseball, like if you haven't figured out the signs by August, like it's a write-off, like it's a rough yeah. on a year, like you, you you can't come back from that. You, yeah. you you can't come back from that. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, you just gotta, you know, just do better, you know what I'm saying? But you guys know where to follow me at uh, Javon.Lefave on Instagram and at JavonLefave on Twitter. Uh, find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at leftsideheavy underscore. And if you're listening to this, but you want to watch it instead, uh, head over to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel Left Side Heavy. Click the bell, like, comment, do all, all that sorts of jazz. It really helps grow the show. And uh, intro outro music, Royal Oak. They got a concert in Vancouver this April 29th. Make sure to go uh, to their uh, Instagram or website. Uh, royaloakband.com or um, royal oak on instagram and you can buy tickets there but boys i appreciate you coming on as always and we'll see you guys next time peace